0: praise the Lord everyone praise the Lord. it's great to see you tonight and it's great to see you online I hope you will share this video with a friend and neighbor share it on your page have faith that God's going to use this word his word to encourage you to encourage your friends and to what show the light in darkness amen? amen so we're going to dive into the word of the Lord I hope that we uh, are all aware that it's hot outside today <laughs> 98 degrees, uh, yes, and balmy, uh, it is nice, and, and I don't know if it's humider or hotter, So, uh, but it's definitely whatever it is, walk outside and you, you begin to pour sweat, so we're in God's house and it's, the air's on, God is so good, you should be here tonight if you don't have air especially, but uh, anyway. Let's go into the word of the Lord. Let's pray and ask the Lord to be with us tonight. Amen. Father, we ask that you come into this house and you come into our hearts, our minds, that you go to the living rooms and and the works and wherever they might be watching this tonight, Father, I pray today that you minister through your word to us and let us see the truth of your word. In Jesus' name we pray and let everyone shout amen. Amen. So tonight we're going to go right back into talking about the amazing grace of God of God. How many are thankful for the grace of God? Amen. Amen. I say it every day. I say it every week. And without God's grace, I am a wretched sinner. And uh, and with His grace, I am saved through faith. Amen? Amen. So we've been talking. We've been in Romans chapter 6. And, and you can go back a few weeks and watch those uh, lessons here online on Facebook. And those of you that were here, we're continuing this same uh, study, uh, talking about the amazing grace of Jesus Christ and learning to walk in grace. Remember we were talking about salvation several weeks ago and how what we must do to be saved about salvation is for all and there's a plan of salvation but we did not uh, conclude that with saying well you get saved and it's all over. No it's not all over. you got to stay in faith. you got to stay in grace. You've got to walk in that grace and that's our continued salvation. So let us look tonight as we go from Romans chapter 6 and then into chapter 7. Um, and we've talked about it. La- the first week, we talked about what? Dying to live. Everybody say dying to live. Dying to you know live. what? If you can't learn to die to yourself, you'll never learn to live to Christ. And it is a requirement. You must die to self and you must live to Christ. Amen. We learn that in Romans chapter 6 1 through 14. And then the second week, we went Romans chapter 6, 15 through verse 23, and we learned about who you yield to is who you serve. About we cannot serve two masters. About the fact that we cannot serve sin and what God wants to do in our lives. We have to choose, and we must choose wisely. My last slide in that week was choose wisely, because it matters. Our choices matter, and it matters to not only ourselves, but to those that are around us. And then in chapter 7, last week, we begin this portrait of the struggling Christian. Um, it's not a hypocrite Christian. Amen. Someone say amen. amen. But it is a struggling Christian. A Christian that is struggling is in good company. Hmm? Amen. We're all saved by grace and we are all strugglers. And it doesn't mean you're a hypocrite. A hypocrite knows to do good and doesn't do it, right? Uh, They refuse to do it over and over and over again. They act like they're doing it, but they don't. Uh, Someone that is struggling recognizes, I'm working hard and I still fall, and I need more work and more grace, and I need more of Jesus in my life. So there's a very big difference. Struggling does not mean you're a hypocrite. Someone say amen. 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 We read in verse 6 of last week, let me remind you, and now we have been released from the law, amen, the law of sin and death. The law, the Levitical law, the law of Moses, for we died to it and are no longer captive to his power. Now we can serve God. Someone say amen. amen. We're dead to ourselves. We're dead to the law. And now we can truly serve God. Not in the old way. Someone say the old way. the old way. Oh, we talked about it last week. We do not want to do it the old way, but of obeying the letter of the law. But in the new way of living in the spirit, we cannot substitute living in our carnality, our our rules, whatever you want to call it, and think that that automatically becomes spiritual. No, you must live in the spirit and from the spirit, it will give you all the things that you need when it comes to your life, holiness, etc., So recognize you must walk. So we learned that walking by grace gave us two lessons. Number one, we are no longer bound by the law. This is a vital lesson that you must put in your life and put in your understanding. You must study your word, the Bible, to show yourself approved. We are not bound by the law. 128 times Paul tells us this in the New Testament. Number two, in order to better handle our what? Struggles. We all struggle. Someone say amen. amen. But better to handle that, we must know where we stand or what our position is in Christ. If we don't know who we are in Christ, we will always struggle. If we're constantly questioning, am I saved? Am I okay? Did I do that right? Does God hate me? Am I not worthy? Am I never going to be able to be good enough? Those are struggles, and every one of us has them. In our minds. But God has come to show us that you must know where you stand in Him. Know who He is to you and how He's going to help you. And know your position. How many know that you're in Christ? Amen? Amen. You're not out there wandering by yourself, but you are positioned in Christ through your baptism and through your obedience to God's Word. So, learning to walk by grace. Learning. It's not something you have. It's not something that automatically comes you learn it through the process of life. So, learning to walk by grace, we learn then in uh, chapter seven, verses seven through thirteen, is where we're going to focus tonight. We learn that God's law reveals our sins, right? And the law's purpose was to show man's desperate need for God's grace. People say, "Why? Why is the law? Why did it even come? Why, are, why did God wait so long to?" Because there was a revelation through time. to what sin was. The law, our Old Testament readings, reveals to us, Paul writes, what sin looks like. He said, I wouldn't even know what lust looks like unless the law showed me. And so we learn through that. And so the question I posed to you at the end of last week's lesson was this, why do we struggle? Why do we struggle? Have you ever wondered Uh, you know, why isn't everything just peachy keen, you know, just wonderful, just, I, man, I, there's days that I just want to keep going, I want everything to be, whoo, man, I feel great, come to church, man, we got goosebumps going, and Holy Ghost flowing, and why can't it be like that all day, every day, well, I'm going to tell you why, (laughs) because you are flesh, and that you have A mind that wants to fight against pleasing God. And that's why we must put our thoughts, our mind, must be in Christ Jesus. And we're going to learn more about that. Not walking according to our flesh, but walking according to the Spirit of God. So, Romans chapter 7. Turn in your Bibles, if you will. Chapter 7, verse 14. Let's go. You ready? Romans chapter 7, verse 14. Learning to walk by grace. So, the trouble is not with the law. We learned this last week, that the law is not evil. That the law is that, it is, I used the flashlight last week, right? I used the portrayal of a flashlight about, the law reveals to us what sin is. It doesn't mean that the law is sin. It means, and then, he says, then when I see the sin, I'm tempted to do those sins. That doesn't mean that the law is evil. It means it reveals evil, Right? I used the black light as an example. (laughs) Um, And uh, it's an important example because sometimes we can't imagine how this works. But the law is that flashlight that comes into our lives that says, wow, that's sinful. And then our flesh goes, ooh, and that looks fun. Oh my, that looks like a pleasure. I think I want to taste that. So uh, he was writing saying, look, just because I'm tempted to sin when the law reveals sin doesn't mean that the law is evil, right? Because the law, the Bible says, is holy and perfect, right? So we, we get that. But now he's talking in verse 14 of chapter 7. So we see tonight that the trouble is not with the law as we find in chapter 7, verse 14. For it is spiritual and good, right? That's what I just talked to you about. The trouble is with what? Come on, shout it. Me. Me. It's not with God's law. The trouble is that I'm a sinner. I have flesh that has desires. He says the trouble is with me, for I am all too what? <laughs> Human. <laughs> uh, I'm a slave to sin. I want you to pay attention in these passages because these are important passages. Because people say, well, if I'm a slave to sin, then I, it's hopeless. I'm always going to be a sinner. I, I, I'm never going to quit sinning. I, I, I'm a if, if I'm a slave to sin, right? You need to listen closely here. Verse 15, I don't really understand myself. How many you ever feel that way? <laughs> why am I feeling this way? Why do I want to do that? I know it's wrong. Why, why am I so drawn to wickedness, right? What does he say? I really don't understand, for I want to do what is right. Everybody say, I want to do what is right. I want to do what's right, amen. But I don't do it. <laughs> Instead, I do what I what hate. Now, I'm going to stop right there for just a second. I'm going to use the flashlight as an example again. This is a, a, just let's just pretend again, right? That this is, I was going to bring the blacklight I have at home, uh, but let's pretend for a moment, right? Before we called this the law, right? And it revealed sin, right? But now, I want it to represent something else. I want it to represent our understanding of God's Word, right? We know that we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We know that we, we have grace to keep us and mercy to, to bring us back, right? We know that, right? And, and yet, in our knowledge, we see sin and we're so compelled to go do it, despite our knowledge of the truth, Right? So does that make what I do what I hate, right? I don't want to do what I hate, but I I do it anyway, right? I I I'm a slave to sin and I don't really understand myself. I'm saved, but yet I am struggling. Why is this happening? Why are we struggling? I'm going to come back to this. So, number 1, Paul writes and says what? Because we are human. Everybody shout I'm human. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 50, this is what Paul writes. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and what blood cannot what? inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. What Paul is telling us in Corinthians is that your flesh will never be saved. So let's go back for a second. What? I'm human. Everybody say I'm human. human. I'm, I have flesh. Flesh and blood will never inherit the kingdom of God. God is saving my spirit man, my soul. My flesh is corrupt beyond repair. God did not come to save my flesh. He came to save my soul. Now, we have to live in this flesh. And that's why it fights us, because it has its own will and its own process, its own things. So when we look at this, we can recognize, wow, I, I, I don't really understand myself. Why don't you understand yourself? Because in my mind, I want to do what's right. <laughs> but I, can, I keep doing in my flesh what is wrong. Why? Because there's a war. Let's talk about it. Uh, we're human. We understand. That's number one. Uh, Romans 7 and 16, it says, but if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, how many know what you're doing is wrong sometimes? (laughs) This shows that I agree that the law is good. So the fact that you know it's wrong means you're on the right path. The fact that you know that, hey, I shouldn't be doing this. I still do it sometimes. But I know why, because the knowledge of God's word is resonating and saying, hey, stop, wait, hold on. God's mercy and grace is trying to wake you up, you know, but your flesh is saying, no, come on, it's going to be a great time. I want you to see yourself as two people. I want you to see that, uh, man, man, come help me for a second. This is my, uh, my beloved son. I have another beloved son in California. So, so, but his name is Nathaniel, and I'm Nathaniel. And, and, and here we are. I, I'm the flesh, and he's the spirit. I, I was going to do the other way around, but I thought he might take offense at that. But but what, what I, I, the flesh, I, I'm always, hey man, let's, you know, and, and he wants to serve God. His mind is made up his heart. He's been serving God for 20 years, but yet there's things in his life that he's still struggling. By the way, 20 year servants of God still struggle with things. Am I right? Amen. Yeah. Why? Because our minds, we are all too what? Human. So I'm the flesh. I, I'm the human side of Dan or, or Nathaniel. And I'm, I'm over here saying, man. I, man, listen, we're going to have a great weekend. We're going to be doing it. And he's going, no, no, you, like, I'm not going there. But you, we ought to go there. Well, it sounds like fun, but... No. Yeah. okay. Nah. Are you sure? I'm sure. Oh, come on. Just this one time. That's what you said last time. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. What about uh, this one time and we swear off everything else? Like, we'll just... Yeah, right? That would be like the third time. Oh, right. Okay. So I find I have a problem lying as well. So do uh, <laughs> you follow me? When you your flesh, you can't, th- these are part and parcel. If you're human, you have these two things in your life. You can't just X one out. Right? You certainly can't flex- X your flesh out. <laughs> that, that, that means you're dead. Um, your spirit man is always going to be with you. Right? So no matter who you are, how long you've been saved, you have two parts of your life. The flesh and the spirit man. And there is a war. Stop. You know, you know, come on. Come. There's a war, Paul. I'm going to read it. There's a war that is constant until the day you breathe your last breath. In this great news? Until the day you breathe your last breath, you are going to have a war in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're valuable. And the devil knows that. And he wants to destroy you. And he wants to try to use your flesh against you. He knows that you're human. And he knows that that human flesh is corrupt. Why? Because it was infected with sin in the garden. (laughs) And now we fight within ourselves. Thank you. So, what does he say? But if I know that uh, uh, what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. Knowledge says... Okay, I'm aware of it. Now I can deal with it. People that have no knowledge of it are ignoring it and acting like, "Whoa, I'm fine, right? That's not not good. Why? Because now you're ignoring God. Verse 17, so I am not the one doing wrong. Here it is, folks. Woo, doo, doo, doo. Right? Watch this. It is sin living in me that does it. I'm going to let you sit with that for just about three seconds. I want to do right. I know what I'm doing is wrong. But the fact that I know God is convicting me tells me that I'm on the right path. And I am revealed or I have an understanding that in my mind, I want to serve God. I want to do right. My heart is right. But my flesh will never see God. And it doesn't care about my spirit, man. And there's a war going on. And so, what does God say? My grace is sufficient. It doesn't mean if you continue in wrongdoing that you'll be saved. No, we already learned. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. But what he's saying is that when I do wrong and I'm in this space of grace with Christ and he's guiding me and I'm searching him and my heart is pursuing him, it's not I that is doing it. It is the flesh that I'm fighting with that is doing it. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. A lot, most people that I meet struggle with this concept because they feel so much better about feeling bad about their lousy sins that they fall in so often. Instead of giving it to God and saying, Lord, like Paul in the thorn in his flesh, continuing to ask, continuing to work, continuing to do what is right, continuing to turn from your wickedness, right? Right? But knowing that you're human, you're all too human, and that that human will fail and fall at points and times in life. Am I making sense right now? Amen. If I don't make sense, you need to ask the question. Why? Because this is where confusion comes about how does grace work? I mean, You mean I can sin and because I, 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 I'm living in grace and everything's fine? No, we know we can't. Just keep going. No, God forbid. But I can't let sin be my master. How many of you ever fall in sin and it's so devastating you feel like giving up everything and just, well, fooey with it all. I'm just going to go and do what I want, right? How many's ever done that? Okay, no raise of hands. We've all done that where we go, you know what, I, I'm I'm sick and tired of fighting this battle. I'm tired of, of being tempted in this way. I'm tired of X, Y, and Z. Y. So I'm just, you know what, I'm... I'm done. I'm just going to give in to it, right? The easiest way to overcome temptation is to give into to it. Um, but you're going to pay for that sin. But when you're under the blood of Christ and you're struggling, Paul said, I, 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 I said, Lord, remove this from me. And what his grace is sufficient. There has to be a sufficiency in your struggle that you know. God knew your struggle before you knew your struggle. He knew that you were all too human and that He loves you. And if you will keep turning your heart to Him and trying your best to walk in His grace, He will cover you while you fix the harm in your life. If you can't accept that, what happens is you try to fix the harm in your life and you just make it worse. Because now you're feeling guilty about being guilty and about I screwed up again because our grace, our human actions will never save us. Am I helping anybody today? If I'm helping anybody online, shout amen. Because uh, these folks are looking at me like, Pastor, are you sure this is truth? <laughs> I know it's truth. Watch this, we're going to keep going. So what? The spirit man is delivered from the law. Everybody say spirit man. Spirit man. Is delivered from the law. The law what is the law? We learned in, in chapter 6, the law is based in the flesh, in the humanness, in what is not spiritual. What? But the natural man is doomed by the law. So if we continue in the law, the natural man will never make it because he can never fulfill the law. Every believer has two natures, as I just showed you with me and Ned, The old man and the new man. The spiritual man and the man that's controlled by their flesh, the humanness of their life. There's in every person, in every believer, two people. So the question I have and what I deal with in my life and how I walk in this is I'm always asking myself, who am I dealing with? In my struggle, why am I struggling? Have I forsaken or not been paying attention to the health of my spiritual man? And that's why the natural man has gotten strong and cocky in my life. Is it Why am I struggling with things I've not struggled with in the past? Or I struggled with in the past and they have reinvented themselves and showed up new 30 years later. Why? Because we're struggling when we ignore. Sometimes we overcome things and... Uh, we overcome them so well that we don't even think about them. And then all of a sudden they appear one day because we have not shored up ourselves in the spirit realm in those areas of our life, those areas of weakness, those areas of of trial and tribulation, those areas of, of bitterness or anger or lust, or we could go down the list, right? Know who you are in Christ. Know what you struggle with and understand that you have to pay attention. Who am I needing to... Is my spirit man weak? So weak that my flesh is overtaking. He's winning the war. Some of the hardest work you'll ever do in your spiritual walk in your life period is crucifying your flesh, because your flesh loves fun, and your flesh, listen, your flesh is man—it's a party animal, right? But it also brings death. So recognize, listen, first John, first John, first John. I love this. Chapter 3, verse 2 through 4. Beloved, now we are, now are we the sons of God. Ever say I'm a son of, God. The son of God? And it doth yet appear what we shall be, but we know that. Ever shall I know? When he shall appear, we shall be like him. <laughs> we shall what? See. See. We shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of, what? The law. He goes on to say in verse 5, And ye know that he was manifested to take away. Jesus came to take away your sin. And in him is what? No sin. You're buried in Christ. You're buried into His name. If you're in Christ, Paul's words become more viable and more understandable. There is no sin in you when you stay in Christ. Why? Because it's not you that committed the sin. It is your human flesh that's committing sin and warring against you. But if you can walk in grace... And you can walk in God's spirit realm. He will help you understand. I gotta deal with this. I can't let it stay here. I gotta move on. But while I'm dealing with it, my salvation is secure. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither what know him. That's a pretty that's some pretty strong verbiage there. And he's talking about your experience as a Christian under grace your new covenant in Christ little children let no man deceive you he that doth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous he says in verse 8 he that committeth sin is of the devil that's strong verbiage right there folks right for the devil sinneth from the beginning for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that He might what? Destroy the what? Works of the devil. So if Christ came, destroyed the works, not just not just covered them up for another year. Everybody shout destroyed. destroyed. Oh, come on. Shout destroyed. 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 Now listen, what does that word destroyed mean? Go study it. It means eradicate. It means to blow up. It means to totally dismantle. So Christ came and the purpose of him coming, the son of God manifest, died on Calvary, is so that he would destroy the works of the devil. Now you are baptized in the beautiful name into Jesus Christ. You are not just around him, you're not just with him, he is in you, John writes in chapter 14 of his gospel, him in you and you in him. You are one with Him. And so when I sin, it is not my spirit man, because in my mind, I'm saying, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm being convicted, but in my flesh, I see sin. I do sin. And my spirit man says, you must repent, and you've got to turn, and you've got to go. It's only when I say, nah, I don't think so, that God's grace is lifted, and you continue in sin. But when God's grace, when I say, yes, forgive me, Father, I am so sorry, I'm turning, I'm going to make corrective action in my life, I'm going to obey your word. God, listen, God does not count that sin in my life. He only sees me through his blood and his grace. He does not see and mark up, yep, Nathan, another sin, no. He says, no, no, my, I can't see that sin because my grace was sufficient. For him, Oh, my God, I am on fire tonight. You have got to understand that God's grace is sufficient. Don't try to work by your feelings, your humanness. Oh, man, I said bad. I should be doing penance, or I should feel bad for three days, or I should cry a lot. No! Pick yourself up. Say, in Jesus' name, I rebuke that. That was not me, nor my wishes in my spirit, man. But that was my flesh. I can't excuse it. I can't say, well, there it goes again, my flesh. And live in that. Continue to be a hypocrite by simply blaming it on grace. No, no, that's not what it's designed for. It's about honesty of heart. I truly messed up. I didn't want to, but I did. And God doesn't mark that against me. Because His grace is sufficient. Why? Because I repented and He is faithful and just to forgive me of all unrighteousness. I walk in His unmerited favor. Grace. This is so good. I hope some of you believe me. I hope if you're online that you believe what this preacher is preaching because it's out of the Word of God and it's absolute. We're so afraid of grace because we feel like, well... Man, uh, I don't want grace. There's an old saying, greasy grace. You know, grace, I can do anything I want and just say, well, the grace of Jesus is going to cover me. That's not what the Bible teaches. Listen, they were abusing grace in, the, in Paul's time and that didn't stop him from preaching grace. We can't tell, stop telling the truth of grace because there are people out there that abuse it. They will give give an account for that when they stand before the, the judgment seat of Christ. So we can't stop preaching grace because people abuse grace. How many know there are a lot of people that abuse, abuse grace? Yeah. yeah. But they're abusing Christ. And Christ is not fool. He's no, this is not his first rodeo. <laughs> right? So understand that we're going to do what God's word says, not because I feel, but because there's a legal contract. You know, Pastor Smothers and I had lunch today, and we were talking about this, and I told him he's got to come teach it. So he's going to come in a couple of Wednesdays and teach it. And this is about the fact that God does not work on emotion. The cross was not because God had a tear in His eyes and felt bad because we were sinners. God came, wrapped Himself in flesh, died on Calvary in the form of His Son. Why? Because there was a legal contract. The Lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. There was a contract that said there are prophetic words... That if I be lifted up, I will call all men. Isaiah wrote, he was wounded for my transgression. That was not emotion. That was contract. We must understand that covenants mean contract. The Old Testament covenant was the contract with the children of Israel. But Christ came and fulfilled that, completed, annihilated that contract and said, now I have purchased for you a new contract and it's legal it's not based on how you feel it's based on my word my word does not return void my word is absolute so i'm not moved by your tears i'm moved by your faith in believing if god said it that's what it is and in our lives we so often well i just don't feel like the lord loves me well his contract says he does well, I just don't think he's going to heal me. Well, his contract says he will. You go, well, uh, yes, it's a, con- a legal contract from heaven that you have a right. Why do you think there were so many that said, hey, God, what about this? Why? What about Moses saying, or, you know, you, you, you got to kill me if you're going to kill them. What about David arguing with God? What, what about all these times that we can see that people reminded God of his contract with them? I'm gonna encourage you in your life to remind God of his contract with you. That he gave you a new covenant and he promised some things, not as a fairy godmother or a genie in a bottle that's by the whims of rubbing something or asking sweetly, no, it is a contractual thing. When you went down in the baptismal waters of salvation, when you placed his name on your life, you were sealed with a promise. That's what the Bible says. You were sealed with the promise, and that promise is a part of that contract that says, "I have rights as a child of God." We are not called uh, uh, slaves or 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 freed. No, we're called children of God. We have an inheritance with God. We have legal right. Someone say, "Amen." Amen. You be, you notice how emphatic I'm being? Why? Because. A lot of people, they hear me, but they don't believe me. And until you believe the word of God, you'll never be able to walk in that contract. You'll always run or be ran by your feelings. I don't know, Pastor. I, look, we all suffer that, right? Watch this in verse 10. Uh, what did, what did uh, Whosoever is born of God hath not committed sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot... Listen, did you hear what he just said, Right? For the purpose of the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Verse 9, Whosoever is born of God. How many are born again tonight? Amen? You're born of God. Doth not commit sin. Why? Because the seed of Christ remains in us. And he cannot sin because he is what? Born of God. If Christ is in you, And you're walking in the Spirit under the power of God by the Holy Ghost and you're in this place, this space of grace that God purchased for us. You're not sinning. It's your flesh. The minute that you continue in that sin, after God comes and says, Nate, stop. It's sinful what you're doing. And you go, oh, I need to repent. And I repent immediately. Not next week. Instead, I continue. Well, let me see how I feel about that in the morning. No, now you need mercy to recoup you from sin. Grace keeps you, mercy saves you. Hear me today. So, this is, wow, you're saying I can't commit sin? I didn't say that. The scripture says that if you are born of God, (laughs) if you're born of God, And you don't continue in the sin that God confronts you over. That you are not going to be deemed a sinner. That sin will not be marked against you as in your eternal reward. It will be something that you will be able to shed because of God's grace. His grace is what? Sufficient. We don't believe that, but we should. Verse 10. In this. In what? What is he talking about? John says, okay, in this. We can refer to what In what? In all that he just wrote about. In this idea that God's Son came to manifest. He destroyed the works. And we, can't, we don't commit sin when we are born of God. Because why? Because he is convicting us and we're repenting. We're living in grace and not in sin. So he says all of this. In this, the children of God are what? Manifest. And the children of the devil, whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. You know why I preach against racism? Because you can't go to heaven and hate somebody. Period. Cut and dry. Period. You're not of God. You commit sin. And this is another one of those moments where you see that evidence, right? Let's go back to Romans, warning to walk by grace. Romans 7 and 18 says, I know that nothing good moves in me. This is Paul writing. Oh, this is so good. You have no idea how much this excites me, teaching this, because I feel like it's one of the few spots in our world of religion that gets passed over because of fear of misunderstanding. Some might come out of here and say, Pastor Nate said, I can't sin, I can do anything I want. And how many of you know that's not true? I didn't say that at all. But it could, be, it could be construed. So preachers avoid this because they just get tired of the explanations and trying to back up and trying to, well, I didn't mean that. So, you know, I, I've settled that a long time ago. You know, if people want to misquote me, well, God bless them, right? I'm going to stay in the book. I'm going to stay living and teaching according to God's word. Verse 18, and I know that nothing, Paul writes, I want you to notice how personal this gets. I said this last week, and I want to just reiterate it. Paul's not talking about Fred over here. Paul is talking about himself. By the way, the greatest missionary that ever lived. By the way, the man that wrote three quarters of the New Testament. By the way, the man that was was not only called of God, anointed of God, in my opinion, next to John the Baptist, he was the greatest that ever lived in the New Testament, right? Jesus said John was the greatest. I'm just saying, I think Paul was the second greatest. But look here, he says that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature. He didn't say nothing good lives my spiritual name. He is very emphatic about who he's talking about. He's talking about himself. Nothing good lives within my flesh, my sinful nature. One of the things that we have done through time is we've tried to save our flesh. We've tried to save our flesh. We've tried to save our flesh by doing things with it, not doing things with it, by making ourselves feel better about what we are or what we are, by doing things in our body. Well, in, in this world, if we're not careful, we will be more in love with our traditions and rituals than we are with Jesus Christ. And what we're looking at here is, no, listen, listen, flesh and blood will never... Inherit the kingdom of God. That's what Paul said. That's the truth. And here he says, nothing good lives in this flesh. I shall flesh. flesh. Nothing. There's nothing good that is a part of this flesh. This sinful nature. I want to do what is right. How many know this is true? But I can't. Well, sure you could. You just got to will yourself to do that. No, it'll come back. You can't, unless you're delivered by God, it's going to come back. You cannot will yourself out of sin. Hear me. You cannot will. I'll just, I'll never do that again. Yeah, yeah, you will. Right? Why? Because you cannot be delivered from yourself by yourself. You need Jesus to deliver you. He says, What? 19. I want to do what is good, but remember. I know that there's nothing good that lives in me. I want to do good, but nothing inside of me is good. I don't do it. I don't want to do what is wrong. Listen to me. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Who's doing it? The sinful nature. The sinful nature. The sinful nature is what's doing it. Watch. So, why do we struggle? when we are self righteous when we think that we can fix ourselves when we think that i'm just going to will myself i'm going to do uh, the laundry list i'm going to check the boxes and make sure i'm doing all that and i must okay i'm better now I, i'm i'm going to i'm going to stop being bitter so i'm going to stop being bitter i'm going to stop being bitter i'm going to go to counseling and all that's great you got to get delivered and set free from your sinful nature watch isaiah 64 and 6 but we are what all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as what? Filthy rags. It's very plain here that not only Isaiah, but in the New Testament we find also that our righteousness is nothing. It's it's not what is required. Faith is what is required. So Romans 7 and verse 20, watch this. But if I do what I don't want to do, he asks this question. Paul is personalizing. If I do this stuff that I just talked about, that I don't want to do, I see it, I don't like it, but I do it anyway. But if I do that, I have a question. Am I not really the one doing wrong? You had that question in your mind all night, didn't you? How can I not sin when I'm the one sinning? That's because your vision is 2D and not 3D. Your vision is this And you're not seeing in the spirit realm. You need to pray a prayer. Lord, open my eyes to your word and to the spirit realm which you are asking me to walk. If we always equate our spirituality to our fleshly desires or our fleshly ways, we will constantly be disappointed in our walk with Christ. We will constantly be frustrated. So, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Remember, sinful nature, flesh. My saved self is walking in grace. And when I do sin in my flesh, I've got to repent immediately from that sin. Lord, I didn't want to do it. I did it. Help me be better. Does that mean that my spirit man is now lost and No. Why? Because I took care. I was convicted. I took care of it inside of grace. So he says this. It is sin living in me that does it. And this is verse 21, so powerful. I have discovered, someone have discovered, discovered. this principle of life. And you better discover this principle. If you don't, you will constantly think you're going to hell. Every time you mess up. I discovered that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Twice in three verses, Paul teaches, it's not us. How many times have we read, it's not you, it's not us, it's not me that's sinning. And if you don't continue to study this book, it will cause immense confusion in your spirit. Well, it doesn't make sense. Watch this, verse 17. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it, verse 20. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. He's pretty clear about that. Now, you, you, you understand why Paul wrote that he had to die daily, right? You have better understanding why Paul said, I can't go one day without dying to myself. Because I gotta die to live. And if I go one day, this this sinful nature will begin to take over my life. Paul said, I die daily. I crucify my flesh daily. Does that mean that my that it's all done and over no daily. Daily, daily, every day, every day, day. Why? Because my flesh, my flesh, it's not dead yet. It's not going to see God, but his pipes mean i got to live in this flesh because that's the way God designed it. But there's a spirit man in me that's trying to serve God. Because of our nature as sinful, this is why being born again in Christ is so important. Listen, you were born once as a man. You were born again as a new creature in Christ. Why is new birth experience so important? Because if you are not obeying that word of God, in baptism of the Spirit, the water and the Spirit, then you are not being born again, Nicodemus, and you must be born again. Because if you're not born again, watch this, your sinful nature will never die. It'll continue to live. Paul, I can do all things through Christ. That's what he said, over and over. I can do all things through Christ, not through myself, not through my works, not through my understandings, through Christ. I put my total trust and faith in Christ. Romans 7:22. I love God's law with all my heart. Someone say all my heart. all my heart. But there's another power. Here we are again. There's another power within me. He's still talking about the flesh. Listen, this was so important to Paul that he wrote about it over and over and over again in the same chapter you didn't get it yet let me say it this way you didn't get it again let me say it this other way let me say it this other way why because Paul knew this concept and this understanding was so vital to your Christian walk I love God's law with all my heart but there is another power within me that is at war with my what come on shout it mind mind come on the mind is the battlefield of the soul you know I believe that teach that and preach that And Paul is telling us right here, I love God with my heart, but it doesn't seem to be enough. (laughs) There's a war going on and there's a battle for my mind. I've got to let my heart help me win the battle for my mind. I can't live by emotion because that's my mind. Mind is all emotion. I've got to live by the truth of my heart. This power makes me a slave to the sin that's still within me. Remember, flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You are a sinner saved by what? Grace. We are sinners in our raw form as humans. So your heart matters to God. He knows that your mind will stray. How many know that that's true? Right? Mm-hmm. Even struggle. But that's why he gave us grace to cover those moments of weakness and temptation. Not that we continue in them or walk in them, but that we recognize them and we dismiss them and rebuke them and move forward. Too many people enjoy wallowing in their sin. They love everybody to know. Oh, well, you'd think that, that would be the opposite. They want No, 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 no. They want everybody to know because, woo, you know, they want that, that release inside of them that I was a sinner and look, everybody, I'm now, I rid myself. And I'm saying to you that that's great, fine, and dandy. I'm not opposed to that, but I am opposed to it as something that you go right back to the sin you just wowed about. You continued, hoping that God... Listen, we've all been guilty of this. God is speaking. He's trying, so we know our minds will stray, but God's grace. Watch this, verse 24, I'm down to my last two slides, and we're going to go home. I've only been going 39 minutes. Y'all are yawning me to death over here. Um. Uh, so chapter 7 verse 24 uh, oh what hmm, come on read it with me oh what a miserable person I am by the way look at the punctuation what is that exclamation mark this is not like oh yeah I'm kind of miserable no it's like I am so miserable who will free me why are you miserable Paul because there's a sinful nature That won't quit. And there's a war going on. And I'm weary. I'm tired. But there's a knowledge I must have. That that sin is not attributed to my eternal record. (laughs) Oh, did you hear what I said? That sin is not attributed to my eternal. I'm going through the battle. But I'm winning the war because God's grace is hovering over me like a chick over her brood. There's got to be... That understanding that God's grace and love is so powerful that he's not going to dispose of you just because you messed up one day. He planned for this. He planned for your screw-up with grace. Oh, this is good. Who will free me from this life that is what? Dominated by sin and death. Thank God. Someone shout, thank God. thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah, for the blood. Why? Because it says, thank God. The answer. Someone shout the answer. the answer. Can I tell you, every problem you have, every wage of sin that you're struggling with, the answer is in Jesus Christ. Not just about Jesus. Or around. No, you got to get in Christ. The answer is in Jesus Christ. Lord. So you see how it is. How many say, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, Paul. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I really, 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 really want to what? Obey God's law. He's talking about the law of Christ here, not the Levitical law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. It tries to dominate me. So that's why my prayer life is so important. That's why me fellowshipping with people of like faith is so important. Encouraging one another in the faith. It's why coming to God's house. It's why studying my Bible so I know this for myself. You see, I'm telling you about it, but unless you have a revelation about it, you'll never really, you, you'll walk out of here going, wow, that was really cool. I can't remember a word he said, but man, I feel better about myself. Right? I guess I'm not a sinner. <laughs> if you go out of here and think that, then you're in trouble right study to show yourself approved get the word of god in your heart why you got to thank god that the answer is in christ jesus our lord so see how it is my mind in my mind in my mind how many have said god why do i keep messing up in that area of my life in my mind i really want to obey god's law but because of my sinful nature because of my flesh i'm living in my flesh i can't escape my flesh I am a slave to sin. So what do I do? I walk in grace saying, my flesh is never going to see heaven, but this spirit man that I am pumping up, building up in the most holy faith, it will see God. It will see God. So let's close tonight. Lessons learned. Number one, like Paul, admit that you don't understand yourself fully. Just admit it. God, I don't understand all this that I'm going through. I don't understand why I'm still sinning when I don't want to sin. Tell God. Help me. I don't understand. I I can't figure it out. Number two, accept your imperfections. Stop acting pious and all that. Stop acting like you are... What does the Bible say? If you say you have no sin, you are a liar? That's what the Scripture says. So acknowledge it. Embrace it. Understand it. Diagnose it. Right, I need to stay off that street. I need to stay away from those people. I need to understand that that causes that, that causes that, that causes me to sin. Understand the path that leads you to unrighteousness. Don't stick your head in the sand and just like, oh, I'm just... God will cover me with grace if I get down there. No, you got to avoid. You have got to make plans. Right, He will cover you if, in honesty, you end up there. But your heart matters. If your heart is known all along, you were planning to go there, then you need mercy. And it will cover you, by the way. Thank Jesus. Number three, use your failures to get closer to God, not further from God. Listen, your heavenly father, his best moments will be with you when you have failed him miserably. So many of us want to run from our father when we have failed them. In this case, Christ says, I need you to run to me. Because in your failure, I'm going to teach you how to not fail again. How to shore up your strength in the Lord. Number four, don't be self-righteous. My God, don't be self-righteous. Don't be pious. Don't act like you can save yourself. uh, I'll just stop doing that. uh, Sometimes we think that uh, doing different things will save us. If I give more than the offering plate, God will love me more. If I I serve around the church, if I look a certain way or do a certain thing, that's not going to save you. You're saved by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Saved by faith. By saved through by faith through grace. That's the absolute of God's word. Someone shout Amen. 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 Don't be self righteous. Remember, if it were not for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I'd be. Someone say Amen. Amen. I hope this Bible study helps somebody tonight. Next week we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about chapter eight. You don't want to miss chapter eight of Romans, and I would suggest that you pre read it so that when we read it together next week you can underline some of those areas that God is speaking to you about if you'd like to be with us on Sunday morning 10 35 don't miss it and of course if you'd like to partner with us just send all your money to Nate Nix I'm joking send uh, uh your gift your love offering to Pineview Church you'll find the link here in this passage so God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you what blessed holy peace amen God bless good night